What a celebration of the living, resurrected Christ. He is truly alive and here in this place right now, right now, as near as your next prayer. You just open your life to him. Christ is there. It can change everything for you this morning. You know, the cross is the universal symbol of the Christian faith, but no one who was actually there when Jesus died on Calvary would have ever thought that 2,000 years later, people in this room and in churches across the world would be celebrating the power and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the cross, what we had apparently was absolute defeat. It was a day of darkness. It was a terrifying time. What began with great hope, this young rabbi going about preaching of the love of God, the grace of God, the power of God to change lives. Well, he had no power when he was facing the Roman army or so. It seemed they arrested him and they brought him before Pilate who condemned him and then he's crucified. It was like all the hope was sucked out of the hearts of his disciples and all those crowds who had followed him. It was a day of darkness and defeat. Jesus cries out, it is finished. And you can be sure that Pilate thought it was finished. And Caiaphas thought it was finished, but not in the way that the Lord meant. The disciples thought it was finished but not in the way the Lord meant. It is finished means I have borne the sin of the world. I have accomplished what my Father has sent me to accomplish. And I will go into the grave and rise up from the grave to save the world from their sins. Christ triumph through the cross and then through the resurrection. So here we are, here we are today, two millennia later, saying Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is alive. There is hope and hope for everyone because he is alive. Here's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Whatever a living hope might be, it is at least this. It is a hope with which you can live, truly live, and to thrive as God's child in this world. Peter says God has granted us that through the resurrection of Jesus. And God knows we need it. We need it desperately because we face not just trials in this world, but we face the final trial, which is death itself. You know, I've sat by the beds of people who were dying, who were terrified that they were going to pass, they didn't know, either into oblivion or into the presence of God who would judge them for their sins. 
I've seen the fear on their hearts. In fact, they called for a preacher because they were afraid. There are people who are terrified of death. There are people who are, who are terrified they'll never see their loved ones again because their loved ones have died. And what will happen to me when I die? Perhaps, perhaps nothing. They don't know. I had a funeral director tell me one time that there is all the difference in the world between how Christians handle death and non-Christians. We were riding back from the cemetery. We, I accompanied him in his car, and he was telling me all this. And here's the irony of the whole thing. He himself was not a Christian. But he had simply observed the difference that it made when someone believed in Jesus Christ and knew Christ had risen. Christ had defeated death. I asked him, well, what about you? Don't you want the hope? Don't you want what you've seen that Christians have? And he said, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. He wasn't ready yet. There may be some who are thinking about it this morning. My prayer is that you will open your life to the goodness and grace of God because Christ has defeated death. Now, not everybody feels this impingement of death in the same way. They're not afraid of it. In fact, we do everything we can to not even think about it. There are lots of people who think even talking about death is morbid and, and really it's, it's not healthy. You just shouldn't think about such things. You need to be more positive. You need to think about all the things of life. But it's not so easy to escape that ultimate fact. Am I back on? Okay. It's not all e easy to escape that fact of death that's waiting for us. And many people, even when they don't want to think about death, they live in its shadow. They live in its shadow. They, they have the sense that everything they do, everything they value, everything they've accomplished, everything they've sacrificed, everything they've lived for their whole lives will one day be buried and forgotten. Death is that final reality to them that says your life ultimately is futile and empty. They try to shake it, but they can't shake it. There's this feeling that life is tragic because of death. There's a sadness that settles over their life. All of this is because they don't know that Jesus Christ has conquered death and that they too, through Christ, can rise from death into life. In fact, Paul, or rather Jesus, when talking to Martha after she lost her brother. He said to her, and mind you, this is the one who rose from the dead. This isn't just some philosopher talking. This isn't some fanatic religious teacher. This is Jesus of Nazareth who rose from the dead. He says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. They will live. Death for them is not the final reality, but it's a passageway into eternal life. Life today is not futile. It's simply the preamble to eternal life in the presence of God. That's what Jesus says. Now, it's not unconditional. It's not that because Jesus rose, everyone experiences eternal life. Jesus says, the one who believes in me even though they die, they're still going to live. 
You see, when we put our faith in Christ, when we trust in him, when we entrust our lives to him, we are united with him. And the power that raised Christ from the dead enters our being and we too are raised to everlasting life. That's what the promise of the gospel gives us. And that's why we have a living hope. We have a living hope. That's why as Christians, we don't fear death and we don't feel the, fear, feel the despair of impending death. Life has meaning and value because it does not end. Now, even, even when people don't think about death, there's another thing that troubles their lives and that's guilt. You know, people sometimes speak of sin if they believe in God, but many people don't believe in God, but they still feel guilt. They still feel the weight of it. It's tough, difficult to escape. In fact, you really can't escape it. Even people who deny that they believe in something like sin still feel the weight of their wrongdoings and feel accused by them and they pile up on them over a lifetime, and there's this uneasy sense that something terrible is going to happen to them. If they believe in God, there's this unsettled feeling that God is displeased, that God condemns them, and that after death is a judgment that they cannot, they cannot stand in. And so, Sin becomes that burden and it becomes something that weighs us down and makes it hard to live. Well, the Bible says that sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So when Jesus died on the cross, he was the sinless one carrying our sins. And that's why he had to die. Jesus carried our sins on himself into the grave. Now, here's the thing. If Jesus stayed in the grave, sin would be triumphant because death was triumphant. If Jesus was not raised from the dead, Paul said, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. All the happy talk in the world about forgiveness means nothing if Christ, who bore your sins, took them to the grave and stayed there. But Christ was raised from the dead. He did defeat death, and that tells us he defeated sin itself. So people feel this weight of sin on their lives, and it's as if it speaks the final word over them, the final damning word, condemning them forever. But Jesus, resurrected, having defeated sin, speaks a different word, forgiven, clean, accepted, and loved. It's a word of grace and hope, a living hope. And you can have real hope and forgiveness because Christ has defeated your sin. Chris Womack often plays the piano for us here at First Woodway. He happens to be an accomplished songwriter. And one of the great benefits of being one of Chris's friends is every so often you get a nugget, a text message of one of his lyrics that he's just written. 
So at six o'clock this morning, when I'm getting ready for this service, there's a text. I look, it's from Chris Walmack. It's a short poem that he's written, an Easter poem. I want to read it to you. It's called The Stone. It wasn't just the stone that was rolled away that day. It was every weight of darkness. Every sin that had me chained, every fear that's ever tried to make me feel lost and alone was left there in that grave when God rolled away the stone. That's good, isn't it? That's good. Forgiveness is real. Christ triumph over death and he's triumph over sin so we can live. Now, we need power to live. We need power to live. We can't just have good intentions. It's good to know we're forgiven, but we want to live for God now, and we want to be able to act on those good intentions. And so often, that's what's difficult. We're like an old laptop computer I had, full of software, but the battery died. It was so dead that I couldn't even plug it in and make it work. So here's all this computing power and here's this software and it was useless because it had no power. And for many of us, that's what life seems like. We have, we have all these intentions, these good intentions, and we know all about what's right and wrong, but we don't have the power to do it. We need power from God. But see, that's just the point that Jesus raised from the dead then pours out his Holy Spirit upon us. That's what began on the day of Pentecost and is continued to this day. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ receives the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence and power of God in you. And so through his power, we are able to live life on a level we couldn't live otherwise. Now, that doesn't mean we never make mistakes. It doesn't mean we never sin or stumble. Of course we do, but here's what happens. Before Christ, we try to live a good life, but we come against the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the traditional way of putting it. The world in all its ways and all its pressures. The flesh, that is, our human nature that rebels against our best intentions and leads us to do things that we so regret. And the devil, the spiritual power at work in this world that pushes us and yanks us and warps us and keeps us from fulfilling our, our highest desires. The world, the flesh, and the devil, before we know Christ, they conquer us every time. Every time, we cannot overcome these powers before we know the power of God. But when the resurrected Christ, when he fills us with the Spirit, who is the presence and power of God that raised Christ from the dead, when that power comes, we can overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, we may stumble, we may fall, because when you follow Christ, you're going to find pressure and temptation. There'll be stumbling blocks everywhere, and you aren't perfect. But here's the difference. 
you know that every time you stumble, you'll get back up. You know that no matter how you sin, there is forgiveness and in the end you'll overcome. You know that there is always hope, no reason for despair. For God who has begun a good work in you will complete it. You know that the resurrected Christ who's conquered death and sin will conquer everything that stands in your way that one day you'll stand in the presence of God. That's what you know. That's the power you have. A power to endure, a power to persist, a power to never give up, a power to keep walking, keep pressing on, knowing that you will one day inherit all that God has purchased for you in the cross. And it will not perish or fade. It will be yours forever. That's what you receive when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so Christ, the resurrected one, defeats death and our sin. So there is hope and forgiveness. And he also gives us power so that we can live, we can live for him. Of course, everything that Jesus taught called for decision, and this calls for decision as well. When Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he was preaching with fire, which you wouldn't expect, because remember, when Jesus was being arrested, Peter turned and ran. And when Jesus was on trial, Peter was afraid for his own life, and he denied that he even knew him. This was not exactly the most courageous man. He was bold, he was brash, he was confident. But as Holly sang a few minutes ago, when at last it came to choices, he denied he knew the Lord's name. But that was then. Christ was risen, poured out his spirit. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and he stands before the people of Jerusalem who are gathered about wondering what's happened here. They've heard the commotion as these people have been touched by God. They wanted to know what's happened here. There were people there, no doubt, who were part of the crowd who welcomed Jesus as he came into Jerusalem. No doubt there were some there who cried out, crucify him. When Pilate brought him before them, there were people there, no doubt, religious leaders, that had been part of plotting against Jesus. But filled with the Spirit, Peter stands up and he said, I declare to you, God has made this Jesus, this resurrected Christ, he has made him both Lord and Christ. He's declared him to be the King of kings and Lord of lords through the resurrection from the dead. The people heard that message, and the Bible says they were cut to the heart. And they said, what should we do? And Peter said very simply, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance is simply changing your way of thinking but your entire way of thinking. It's like living with a new paradigm. It's re reconsidering all that you've done and what life is about and who God is. It's turning from the old way to a new way of thinking, one that is set out by Jesus. 
Repent, says Peter, and be baptized. Baptism is a public proclamation of an inner decision that has been made, a decision to declare your allegiance to Jesus Christ, to say, Jesus is Lord and Christ, and I will follow him. I won't do it in secret. I will do it publicly. I will be baptized as he himself was baptized to declare my faith. And so Peter's saying, you need to have faith in Christ. Give your life to Christ. Declare your allegiance to Christ. Declare it publicly, unafraid. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. You see, as we come to Christ, we will be forgiven for our sins and we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that gift that gives power. There's a reason we celebrate Easter. The cross is the symbol of our faith because there Jesus bore our sin, but apart from the resurrection, the cross says only defeat. But with the resurrection, here we are today, two millennia later, celebrating the goodness and the grace of God. If you don't have hope, deep hope that allows you, that, that, that drives you to live, to thrive, to reach for something higher and better, if you don't have that kind of hope, you can have it this morning. You call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You have, to, you have to turn from the old way of thinking, yes. And you need to declare your allegiance to Christ. That will show itself in baptism. But you do that, you'll be forgiven. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this Easter will be one, well, it'll be one you will never forget. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, would you, by your Holy Spirit now, lead each one of us into the decisions that we need to make? Lord, may those among your people who have been troubled by death and its shadow, may they find fresh hope in the resurrection of Jesus. And may those who have worried that their continuing shortcomings makes them unacceptable to you. May they put their trust in the resurrected Jesus who conquered their sin. And Lord, may those who don't know you as Savior come to know you as Savior this morning. May they make that decision, that crucial decision, that they might receive eternal life by the power of the Spirit, that they might find forgiveness, that they might have hope, eternal hope in Him. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.